Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Fox Media Podcast Network. All right, let us say hello to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. It has been a minute since we have had the opportunity to chat like this back in the octagon december 16th ufc 296 massive year-end event he will take on the undefeated shopkot rachmanov wonder boy good to see you my man how are you it's great man i'm glad to be on with you my friend uh busy man training camp's going well obviously still teaching classes doing the after school pickups it's it's wild and crazy but i love it yes you're part of this mma world you're ingrained in it as a fighter so if if it's crazy as a journalist i'm sure it's 10 times crazier <laughs> as a fighter for you so and, and this is a really interesting time for you because as everybody knows you were supposed to fight michelle Pereira in july we all know what happened there with with the missing weight and you chose not to take the fight which is i have taken had your back the entire time with that by the Thank way you. and you. then you know the whole thing with the pay and now you're fighting Shafkar Akhmanov when it seemed like maybe you and Kamar Usman were sort of circling the wagons a little bit so there's a, a lot been going on in your life all the time but more specifically in the last three months so how would you describe the last three months from the Friday before UFC 291 when Michelle Pereira missed weight to right now what have these last few months been like for you? It has been pretty crazy man I mean with with a lot of things that could have happened that didn't um you know, with the fight, obviously, with um, Michelle and then the possibility of fighting Kamara Usman had been exciting. But, you know, that was all wild and crazy. Uh, me and the UFC and, and my management, uh, we've settled everything. So everything's great. Um, and Kamara Usman ended up calling me out. And I was like, dude, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, the UFC's wanted me to face these guys who have been ranked behind me that I have the number one contender calling me out. But the UFC, I think they had different plans or, at least Kamara Usman had different plans. Um, so I was kind of left with nobody. And um, they offered me Shavkat. And who's a guy that's been ranked above me? And not only not only is, is he ranked above me, but he's one of the scariest dudes in the UFC right now, especially in the welterweight division. Undefeated, 100% finish rate. The guy's super, super strong, super tough. And now's the time, I think, for me to prove myself, I, I, I've kind of looked at it as a, as a blessing, um, you know, for me to go up, fight somebody ranked above me and prove to the world in the UFC that I deserve another title shot, you know? So if I go out there and, and do what I know I can do against Shavkat, then I could be there, uh, hopefully there pretty soon within the next year or two. You, you said something that I want to touch back on. You said you and the UFC have settled everything. You and your management in the UFC have settled everything. I know when you were last on with my colleague, Ariel Hawani, you were hopeful that perhaps this would all come together with the pay with this fight because, you know, you didn't get paid at first, but 
kind of gone back and forth. Seemed like your management was working out. So you're saying all, all this is taken care of. We're good. The bank account yeah. is, 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 is healthy now. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we, uh, um, settled with something that we were both happy with and, um, and that was kind of that. And that was it. It, it, it took a little bit, obviously they're a business and they had a lot of side going on. And so, so have I, so my managers have been kind of taking care of everything, but yeah, man, I was happy with everything with UFC has done for me. And, and, um, you know, we got away from this last fight with a smile on our faces. So, um, not only, not only that, but, you know, be able to get a fight, obviously against a top uh, opponent and one of the best, I think one of the stack, you know, stack cards of the year, the last card of the year. And it's, it's, uh, it's going to be one of the best cards, I think. Yeah. It's, it's the welterweight division, especially is going to be on display with the main events in for the title. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well, but you know, back, uh, not, not, it was about a year ago. Maybe Shafkot was a name that got brought up to you a lot. And you're like, eh, you know, maybe not, but obviously the Jeff Neal fight is one of the best fights of the year. It was yeah. absolutely insane. We got to see him test it a little bit and he came through with an insane finish that bulldog choke that was just absolutely nasty. What, was it the Jeff Neal fight that kind of changed things for you on top of just nobody was really available? What, what really changed in your views and wanting to fight Shafkat and, and being open to that idea? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at first, to be honest with you, I didn't know who he was. I wasn't, keeping an eye on some of the guys that were lower ranked than me in, in the division. I, I felt there were more guys that were higher ranked, more deserving of a fight. So I ended up turning the fight down. But after that, I definitely kept my eye on him, you know, just to see who, what this guy is all about. I knew he was undefeated, but I really didn't know who he was. And that's just me being truthful, but, but keeping an eye on him, especially what he did against uh, Neil Magny. I, you know, I was watching that fight, which is awesome. And then Jeff Neal, who was known as the dark horse, who I've actually went five, five minute rounds with, wasn't able to finish him, but Shavkat did in three rounds. It was a tough fight. It had that last minute bulldog choke at the very end. And, you know, it what the hype uh, around this guy and that he's good everywhere. He's a great grappler, great striker. And he's a guy that comes to fight. You know, I know if I face this guy and everybody is always hesitant on when I when I go up against grapplers because they're afraid they're going to go the Gilbert Burns route and just hold me, you know, which doesn't make for an exciting fight. And at the time, I really didn't know that guys would win fights that way. You know what I mean? Um, but Shavkat is the guy. He, he's the type of guy that's going to go out there and fight you. He's not just going to hold you just to win. He's going to try to sleep you or try to submit you, which makes for an exciting fight. So um, that's what I'm all about, man. I want to go out there and prove myself against the best and and do it in in an exciting manner. And so where the UFC and the fans are entertained. And I and when I fight guys like that, I feel like it brings the best out of me. So I'll be able to go out there and put on a show and be able to prove to the UFC that I am deserving of a title shot. Cause he said to you in the past, don't worry about it. I'm not even gonna try to take you down. We'll just get we'll just get in there and slug it out. Do you believe him? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously you gotta prepare for everything, but you kind of see like that's a possibility that he's just going to stand there and try to prove something and just try to outstrike you. I don't think, I, I don't think so, to be honest with you. I mean, just as everybody that I faced that said that they were going to do that and they, and they ended up, you know, going a different route, ended up trying to shoot and take me down. But Shavkat is very good striker. And I think he's going to go out there and just beat me the way he's beat everybody else. You, you know, use every tool that he's got in his arsenal to do so. If that's striking, if that is wrestling his clinch, um, is grappling. So I'm, I'm going to go out there and face off against the best shove caught Rockman up and wherever the fight goes. 
And whatever happens, happens. I'm going to go out there and give it at all. I mean, if if it's a knockout, if it's a knockout, if it's not, I'm going out there with my hands raised at the end of the fight. You've said time and time again, all of our conversations over the last couple of years, I don't care what anybody thinks. I want to get back to that belt. If people don't think I can get there, I don't care. I'm just going to go and try to get there anyways, because at this point, you're a year, you're a day older than I am, Stephen. I understand what this is all about. I understand we're kind of on the last legs, but you still love doing this, but you want to get one more last crack at, at that title. So you go out there and you defy the odds and you beat a guy like Shafkar Akhmanov on the same card where the welterweight title is being defended. Where does this put you? Do you feel like you're a fight away, two fights away? Like, where do you think a win over Shafkar puts you in this division? Oh, man. I mean, one of the scariest guys in the division who nobody wants to fight. The guy's undefeated. He's He's potentially the next welterweight champ is what, what I'm hearing. Dude, it, it gets me at least two fights away. I mean, maybe you have to fight the number one contender and then a title fight. I don't know, but it, it's got to put me right up there with, with that title contendership. You know what I mean? Whoever the number one contender is at the time could be Colby Covington, could be Kamaru Usman. I don't know, but I'll be facing off against one of those guys for sure. That's what do, I believe. Do you feel that it is better for your chances if one guy wins over the other in the main event, like if Leon wins, maybe meritocracy continues to rear its uncle, it's, it's normal head. And if Colby wins, everything just kind of blows up into smithereens and anything could happen. Like, do you feel like one guy needs to win for your title chances to improve? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I mean, even if Colby Covington wins, you know, Usman's beat him twice. Right. So he's fought everybody else. I mean, um, but it would be more exciting if Leon Edwards would have it because, you know, I've tried to fight the guy in the past and he said, no, called him out a few times. Uh, he's more of a striker than he is a grappler, even though he did take down Kamara Usman at the first trying to hold him down. He's got that, but I do feel like he's more apt to keep the fight standing and put on a show for the fans. Colby Covington, he's going to be shooting all day. He's going to be shooting, shooting, shooting and, and, and try to outlast you. Uh, try to beat me on the ground. But I think Leon's going to be more of an exciting fight. So I would love to see Leon take it home. Do you feel like he does in your heart of hearts? I think so. I really do. I really do. I really think that he can do it. I mean, we saw what Kamara Usman did to Colby, right? And we know how strong and how big of a fighter Leon Edwards is. He's got great cardio. He's just as dangerous in the fifth round as he is in the first, as we saw the first fight with Kamara Usman. He has great takedown defense. And he's a very intelligent fighter. So I, I do believe that he, he's going to come out with the W. We weren't sure what Kamaru Usman was going to do coming out of the second Leon Edwards fight, right? We thought maybe maybe Bilal Muhammad, there were talks about, oh, we got something from Bilal. We're like, well, what else makes sense besides Kamaru? And then 12 days notice after Paulo Costa gets injured, he steps in to fight Hamzat Shemaev, who has just been an absolute wrecking ball. And the man performed admirably. Hamzat looked yeah. like the greatest fighter we had ever seen for five minutes. Usman weathers the storm, wins round two, arguably wins round three, depending on who you ask. What did you make of Kamaru's performance on short notice against Shemaev? I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I did believe, you know, he did fatigue. Obviously, he's known for his cardio. But on a 12, 11-day notice, oh, my gosh, to go three rounds nonstop, it, it, it was awesome. I thought I thought he did a very good job at 185. And to be honest with you, I feel like Hamzad is a is is a small middleweight, you know, compared to most guys in the welterweight division. I mean, in the middleweight division, I feel like he's a small welterweight. I just think he's a little lazy and doesn't want to get down to the 170. Um, <clears throat> but 
that said, you know, I thought Kamara Usman was was awesome. I thought he did a really good job. And now I'm hearing, you know, he might stay at 185. I don't know. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of guys at 185 that is that are that is you know calling Kamara Usman out. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where he goes for sure. <laughs> I mean, he does make the 170 fairly easy. So I feel like he he could possibly go back down to the welterweight division and possibly fake. Uh, face off against uh, Bilal Muhammad here in the future. So we'll see. How'd you react if he stayed in middleweight? That could be almost like the one that got away in some respects. Like I just can't yeah. imagine you guys not fighting each other at some point. Yeah, that would be that would be a kind of a disappointment. I mean, he's a good, he's a cool he's a good guy. We've hung out a few times. Very honorable guy. But uh, yeah, that would be. I think it would be a great fight. And like he said, he's the one guy that I'm the one guy that got away. So he called me, he ended up calling me out, obviously. Obviously, the UFC didn't like that. So he went somewhere else. But I think it would be a cool fight. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because we mentioned Blah Muhammad and you <clears throat> stepped in the octagon with him. And by all sort of merits and the way we sort of construct who should be next in line to fight for the title, I don't know what else Blah Muhammad really needs to do at this point. Yeah. I, I've been taught a long time ago to strike the word deserves from my vocabulary when it comes to UFC and title shots and rankings and all of that. But You've been in weird positions yourself because it wasn't all that long ago because I was running through 2016 for a show because people are trying to compare this year to 2016. And I was like, you have to, this is all the stuff that happened in 2016, including a pay-per-view being not really canceled, but taking off pay-per-view and then changed to FS1 the week before the card. And you just happened to be in the main event and you knocked out Johnny Hendricks. And we were wondering when you were going to get your shot. When are you going to get the title shot? Tara Woodley wins the belt and it's like, well, I want to fight GSP or I want to fight Nick Diaz or somebody like that. And you're like, come on, man. Like, what do we have what to do here? Heck? Yeah. Blah Muhammad called you right now and said, Steven, I don't know if I can get this title shot right now. Like what else do I need to do to get in this position? What would you tell him? Because you've been in these kinds of positions yourself. I would tell him to wait, man. I would say, look, <clears throat> you're deserving of the title. If you face off against <clears throat> anybody else, I mean, anything could happen at this point, especially with these guys at this level. I would say, I would tell them, look, man, I would, I would wait for it, bro. I would, I would wait on it. I would let the UFC know. I would get on social media. I would do everything I can to get this guy to fight me or to get that title shot. But yeah, man, I mean, he's fought and it beat some of the best guys in the welterweight division, including myself and, and, you know, Damian Maya. Um, I would like to see him fight Leon Edwards again. Because of the eye poke. You remember the last time they ended up, yeah. you know, it, it, they ended up canceling the fight or because of because of a dang eye poke. Like, come on, man. It was, it was uh it started off as a good fight, and that was one fight that I would love to see finished. So I would say wait for it, man. Don't take another fight until you get let the UFC know where you stand and get that shot. This has because when you don't know what, okay. seven fights, eight fight winning streak. Yeah, it's, it's, he hasn't lost in a long time. That's ridiculous. I think Jeff Neal was the last guy to beat him. Yeah. I mean, what the heck? What else do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I My whole thing, and it, it's kind of like silly, but I've been saying from day one, I'm like, Bilal just needs to be better when the mic is on him because yeah. there are certain times where he wins a big fight. And, we're, and I remember tweeting out at one point, I'm like, just call it Hamza. Just go all in on Hamza. Like you'd call him out in other interviews. Like just go now. Like now's the time. Like don't call it Usman. Don't call it Colby. And then he goes and calls out both of those guys and not Hamza. I'm like, no, what are you yeah. doing? Like realistically, you're not going to get that fight right now. But 
the performances have spoken for themselves. Like him showing up on 12 days notice or whatever it was to beat Gilbert Burns yeah. the way that he did. Like the man deserves it, but hundred percent. I would love to see that fight though with him and Hamzat. Both I would have loved to have seen it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Both have. And, and the thing is, Bilal has cardio as well. He's got cardio for days. And Hamzad is notorious for his fatiguing. And he was fatigued after his last fight, after the third round, he was still huffing and puffing. Because he gives all he's got into that wrestling. He just squeezes the air, the life out of his opponent. <laughs> but that there would be a great fight. I mean, you saw the takedown defense against uh, Bala Muhammad and, and uh, Damian Maya, who I hear is one of the strongest 185ers, let alone welterweights out there. And he couldn't get him down. I thought I think that would be an exciting fight for sure. Absolutely. This has been a year of guys defying the odds. Sean Strickland <laughs> is the middleweight champion of the world. And what everything else that has on? happened. Steve, Steven, Francis Ngannou arguably beat Tyson Fury in a boxing match this past Saturday. I know. Like, what? What are we t- like? What is going on here? Did you watch uh, the fight? No, I didn't watch. The, I didn't actually watch the fight. We had guys that we were, I was uh, helping corner during all that. We had some guys fighting this past weekend, but I went back and watched the highlights, the knockdown, the, I mean, this is, this is a guy who's fought MMA and we've seen a lot of guys go boxing and see what the, the, the boxers have done. It's a completely different sport, right? Even though it's a combat sport, it's completely different, man. And the rule settings and everything. So to be able to see somebody like Francis Ngannou end up knocking the, I mean, the, the heavyweight champ down. Right. And, uh, uh, what? Like what the what the heck? You know, I freaked out. Like what the heck is just? I mean, obviously Tyson Fury won. He, you know, he won as you know boxers do, outpointing your opponent. You know, controlling the controlling the ring, just picking his shots. But in MMA, I feel like power shots account for more than just outpointing your opponent. You know what I mean? So I feel in my eyes that, you know, that could have possibly gone. If that was the MMA, MMA fight, that could have possibly gone. You know, that would that would have been uh, Francis Ngannou's win just because of the power shots that he threw, um, defying all odds, knocking down the heavyweight champ, which which is should not have happened. Pride rules, Francis wins. Oh, 100%. Francis, Francis 100%. wins pride rules. I mean, you saw the, the next day, Francis is doing his thing on his YouTube channel, and he looks – doesn't even look like he's been in a fight and then tyson no. does one on his and he looks like he got like, hit with a sledgehammer <laughs> the black in the face. <laughs> some guys just have that one hitter quitter power there was a guy that i that i that i uh uh sparred against it was uh up in montreal where i was training with gsp with the grant brothers and there was a adonis i forgot his last name he's a former champion but it was i've never been hit so hard in my life i got hit in the arms and my arm went numb just from the power of the, this guy had, but I feel like Francis has that power, you know, he just has it. Some guys don't, but he just has it. So if he touches you anywhere, you're going to feel it. So after the fight, like for sure, I mean, he looked like he wasn't, he was in a stroll in the park and then Tyson Fury, who's got the black eye and all that good stuff. Looks like he's been beat up, but hats off to Francis and Ghana to go out there. And face somebody in a completely different sport. You'll never see a boxer do that. You won't see a boxer come to MMA. Won't happen. No. There's talks about maybe Deontay Wilder coming over and doing like a mixed rules fight with Francis. Yes. Which would be but fascinating. It, it, well, it did happen once. And we saw what happened. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? I mean, 
uh, you know, and that's why it will never happen again for that uh, reason right there. I was there that night when James Tony were took you a, really? Took it was in Boston. I, that's where I oh, lived man. most of my life. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I had no idea that you've been you've been out of that long. Yeah, man. James Tony is uh. I mean, he sold it. He made us believe. Yeah, he's going to. People going for those low one. singles, man. Let me stay away from his hands. Low oh, singles. There, oh, there man. is a guy that I think could possibly have done well, and that that's just Mike Tyson. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, lower center of gravity, thick legs, really strong. But anyway, we can go in all day on that. Absolutely. It was like having a young whippersnapper Chase Hooper back in the gym. Now he's a, now he's a lightweight. He's he's, getting on, he's got the muscle mass now. Look at Dude, this guy. I saw him. I was like, boy, you're bigger than I am. He was <laughs> he was literally bigger than me when he came in, for real. And you know, I'm I'm considered. I mean, I'm not big welterweight, but he was massive. And uh, the guy's improved tremendously, man. I mean, since the last time that he was here, he's worked on a ton of stuff that we have been practicing with him on, and he's gone back and. And almost perfected it. So you'll see his striking uh improve a ton. So I, I I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. He the kid, the kids, the kid's great and he's still growing every day, which is cool to see. You know what I mean? I mean, starting in got in the UFC, one of the uh youngest UFC signings uh out there, you know, ever. And then um just to watch him grow has just been a pleasure. Yes, and we are looking forward to his return against Jordan Levitt. We're looking forward to your return against Shavkar Akhmanov. You. UFC 296, do not miss a final pay-per-view of the year, and that card is absolutely stacked. Steven, great catching up with you, my man. I appreciate the time. All the best in the rest of camp, and we'll see you back in that octagon December 16th. Always a pleasure, my friend. Have a good one. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.